The summertime and the fantasy football draft season are heating up. We bring the fire tonight with our blazing hot takes for the 2023 fantasy football season. All this and more on tonight's In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Cause I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over, under, hit too clutch. And I'm trying to avoid getting carried away, with the jet sweet, sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves, like AC never play. so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law, with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line. Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they haven't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got it. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is June 6, 2023. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back with you, bringing these summertime vibes and everything good to you here tonight. I am Seth Wilcock. I'm joined by a man who studied bees in Sweden, asbestos and airports. And yes, all the fantasy football good mm-hmm. vibes as well. Guys, give it up for Scott Rynier. What is up, Scotty? Oh, not much. We're in a nice little stretch of summer, pre-summer, summertime weather here, so can't complain. As long as the, as long as the wildfire smoke stays out, we have a problem with that in this region. Um, but no, I'm doing great. Um, you know, the school year is wrapping up for my girls, so yes, sir. We get to a couple weeks from now. We're going to a, a family wedding, uh, so we're gonna take a little road trip, see some family, watch uh, my cousin get married. It's gonna be awesome. So, doing well, man. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Other than missing the the intro on the drop, I'm doing great, man. A, a, <laughs> a little bit of technical difficulties as we were starting out here. No Kyle Scott, our audio producer tonight. So we're flying solo tonight, Scott. But uh, I'm ready to get into it, man, because we have a delightfully packed program tonight for our listening audience. Uh, what I consider... Uh, one of the funnest episodes of the season. We're going to talk about our hot takes, so spicy that you're going to need a cold beverage with it. Um, And then we're going to talk about OTAs first as well. Uh, What do we need to know as fantasy managers? What can we consider bullshit, malarkey, hogwash, you name it. We're going to go through this. And then we're going to round it out some summertime tips as well. What are some simple things mentally and physically we can do to make the most of this time of year? Um, want to welcome in that IBT family here in the chat. We got Albert in the chat. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. We appreciate Albert. you so much here uh, making us part of your Tuesday, each and every one, Albert. We got Hoove, too, back in the chat. Happy up, Tuesday, everyone. Good to see you, Hoove, man. Uh, guys, if you're new to the IBT family, this is a place with so many great individuals doing a lot of different unique things in this space. If you enjoy this type of content, please give us a thumbs up. And if you're new, please hit that subscribe button. Come back, hang out, hang out with us again. We got so much good content coming all summer long. Scott, what do you say, man? Should we uh, jump right into it with the uh, bear in mind and bullshit? Let's do it. All right, here let's, we go. Let's pass our judgments here. 
<laughs> Let's do it here. This just in, breaking news. Man, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit to me. Bear in mind and bullshit. Scott, we're heading to NFL OTAs here, and let's head down to Dallas for this first report coming out of camp. Kind of conflicting reports here. We have one saying Jalen Tolbert looking much more comfortable here in year number two for him. And then Simi Fico uh, making an early case for wide receiver four in Dallas. Is this bullshit? Is this something to keep in mind for fantasy? Are we really talking about the Cowboys' fourth wide receiver here, Scott? I mean, with this scale that we're judging by, I call this bullshit. Um, This is pretty standard run-of-the-mill OTA talk that comes out. um, Very uh, subjective, very qualitative type comments. Uh, I mean, we don't have a lot of statistics to go on. Speaking of statistics, I mean, Tolbert last year, two catches on three targets all season. So, I mean, you know, looking at it historically – just because a rookie does not ball out their rookie year does not automatically mean they never will, but it certainly doesn't help. Um, You know, somebody that does absolutely nothing in their rookie year dog, the odd. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing. Um, The, you know, just the probability that they will become fantasy relevant. I mean, this year really low. I mean, Tolbert's still a guy I'm probably keeping at the end of my bench in dynasty. But him and and the other guy, see me. Can you say it again? I I, I want to get it right. Fioco, Fioco, Fioco. I I could be saying that totally wrong as well. So um, okay. But he didn't have much more, man. He had three receptions last season, twenty four yards. So you know, I I think you're one hundred percent right with this. Um, this is a wide receiver four job. You're still gonna have Michael Gallup. Brandon Cooks is coming over as well. CD Lamb is gonna be an alpha wide receiver. I think what we should be paying attention to in this Dallas offense instead of this, because this is one of those reports that these beat reporters know that Tolbert was a guy that fantasy managers liked last season and he didn't come to fruition. So they're throwing us a little gravy, trying to get the eyes on the tweets. I get it. I know the game, but what matters here in Dallas, it's between that tight end battle between Jake Ferguson and Luke Shoemaker, who uh, looks like Shoemaker is going to be out a couple weeks with plantar uh, fasciitis and uh, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, second year guy, he could be stepping into that role. So I think that's where we need to pay our attention to here, Scott. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, if we're talking about fantasy relevance, that's what I'm paying attention to. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is CeeDee Lamb. Brandon Cooks will likely be a deal in your draft like he has been for the last 20 years. Um, Michael Gallup, we'll see. But I mean, that, you know, just saying those three names out loud drives the point home even further. Jalen Tolbert is still an afterthought for me, um, you know, especially in redraft. I mean, there's nothing to indicate any kind of he, he might, you know, he might get more playing time. He might get more volume than three total targets. Certainly. But there's a long way from that to being a fantasy relevant player. So I am I'm I'm in full agreement with you. I'm looking at this tight end battle um, because whoever wins it, I mean, it'll, 
like most teams, it'll probably be a combination of multiple tight ends. It's not just going to be one. Mm-hmm. But whoever wins as the tight end one, the primary tight end, that that is fantasy relevant. So, yep. Couple names to keep in mind here as we approach draft season. Those two Dallas ones. We got Hoove asking about Hunter Renfro possibly going to Dallas. So there's speculation he could be a post June cut. Um, so something to keep an eye on. But I don't know if Dallas would go out and and spend any more money at the wide receiver position. They already have a lot wrapped in. They're gonna have to pay CD Lamb here very soon as well. So yeah, I, I don't see Hunter Renfro going to Dallas. I don't think. Um, but just to see even the Raiders get rid of him, I think is gonna be a sad day. And he will be fantasy relevant possibly somewhere else. I just don't think Dallas. All right, let's move to Cleveland, where we have some news from Elijah Moore lining up outside and inside at OTAs. Scott, this is a sketchy situation for me in general. Uh, it feels like OC Alex Van Pelt's kind of just like buying, biding his time with Kevin Stefanski and a run-heavy offense that he wants to run. How do you feel about Elijah Moore here? We know Amari's hurt, no Kareem Hunt. So there are some opportunities, but we also have a very deep uh, wide receiver core actually here in Cleveland. Um, I mean, you know, Elijah Moore is a tough one just because it's it's a tale. There's there's two seasons of NFL data and it's a tale of two seasons. Um, he battled some injuries his rookie year, but when he did play, the stretch of games he did play, he looked great. His statistics were great. Last year, I have no idea what was going on. Something was off. I don't think it was strictly performance skill related. So I have no idea. Um, but I think he still has the skills. You know, he's still young. And so I'm keeping my eye on Elijah Moore. Um, I traded him away in a dynasty league. We'll see if that comes back. I mean, as part of a package. We'll see if that comes back to bite me. Um, but I do think, I think he has a, he has a path to opportunity in Cleveland. Like I said, whatever was going on in, with the Jets, that wasn't there. Um, but I mean, just looking at what he did his rookie year, looking at his reception perception, uh, success rates and stuff like that. Um, still, he, you know, and his, and his college prospect profile, he's still, a, he's a skilled wide receiver. So I do agree. I think they're going to be very much run heavy. I mean, they were last year and they probably will be even more so this year. I think they were fifth, basically 50, 50 run pass last year. So We'll see. I see Donovan Peoples-Jones name in the chat. I mean, I we've been talking about DPJ as this sexy sleeper for it feels like 10 years, even though he's only been in the league for a few. I'm, I'm kind of giving up on him. I, I would rather, if, if I'm picking between DPJ and Elijah Moore as far as owning or having a, a Cleveland secondary wide receiver on my team, I'm picking Elijah Moore. At, at price tag, I'm taking DPJ. I don't really necessarily believe in in Elijah Moore's talent. I never have coming out of Ole Miss. Um, I think there was a lot of hype from previous guys that got there. And in addition to these two wide receivers, we also have a slew of day two draft picks. Cedric Tillman drafted here this season. Uh, David Bell drafted last season. Go back to 2020, you had Anthony Schwartz drafted. They're all still on the roster. And don't forget, Marquise Goodwin also in town, who had a really good bounce back season for your Seahawks last year, Scott. So I just don't know. It's crowded. Yeah, like I really feel like it's crowded. So I will probably miss Elijah Moore at his current ADP. Uh, I think he's somewhere back at, you know, I, I want to say like 10th round he's going right now. Um, I'll get some confirmation on that. That's uh, I yeah, do like, I really like Tillman. We I have like not Tillman since go ahead. Well, 90, 90th overall Elijah Moore right okay. now, wide receiver 46 for him. So 
I don't think I can pay that price for Elijah Moore. I, I like what you said. I like the analysis, Scott, but I will be staying away from him. Uh, looks like looks like I'm not the only one. Uh, Connor saying, boys, uh, Connor. will you really be missing him? <sighs> you, you know, <laughs> that's a good point there. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move to Green Bay. We got some more tight end news here to dissect. Luke Musgrave working with the first team offense. I like this news a lot as a guy who's been punting tight end in a couple of uh, mock drafts here, Scott. How do you feel about it? I mean, this one's definitely not BS. I mean, second round tight end, you know, this year, I think he's been listed as their tight end one on their depth chart basically since the draft happened. You know, so I guess it's not it's not surprising he's running with, with the with the ones. Um but I also, I really like the talent. I like the tight end. I like his situation. Um, I mean, Tucker Craft was also, he's kind of a, he's kind of a hip, you know, trendy sleeper tight end to talk about, but he was drafted much later. Um, I think Musgrave, I mean, honestly, Musgrave could be, he could be the highest scoring rookie tight end this year, in my opinion. I know everybody's going to jump on Kincaid and Mayer, but I think Musgrave has, has that opportunity because he's the guy. Um, he's the tight end. I think he's going to get most of the tight end volume. Um, but just keep in mind, everybody out there, don't rely on a rookie tight end if you can help it. Well, and I, I think the, the the big question for me is someone's go, someone is going to emerge out of this uh, trio of guys here, whether that's Musgrave, Jaden Reed that you like a lot, Scott, out of the slot rookie, or Romeo Dobbs, second-year wide receiver who's probably going to play uh, the flanker role in this offense. So one of those guys are going to emerge as what I see as the third receiving option for the Packers behind Watson and Aaron Jones. You're taking a shot here. You know, you're taking a shot. He's tight end 30. He's not going in traditional redrafts. You can get him after the fact. Um, but if you're in one of these larger leagues like the Scott Fishbowl or one of these other types of leagues that you're just going late into rounds, Luke Musgrave, a name to remember here, I think it's the bottom line, Scott. I agree. Yeah. All right. Some Luke Musgrave love. And let's go ahead. Let's turn it up a notch. Let's get hot in here with our... 2023 hot takes early edition here in some temperature check. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy All right. So hot, Scott. We are here with our hot takes. And I think it's a fun thing to go about because Honestly, like there's a chance these are strong opinions. There's a chance that these don't come to fruition. But I think like realistically looking at all these takes that, that we put out on, on this page, I think there's a good chance some of these hit and, uh, you know, might not be expecting it and could, could do some damage. Some of these, I mean, it depends on how you define hot take, you know, like I'm not I, I'm not putting out any Luke Musgrave will be the tight end one. <laughs> right, right, right. That level. Um, right. Because that's never happened. Um, but, you know, I think. But I think it's important, you know, it, again, it depends on how you define hot take. Like the things that the three I chose are not some, I mean, hot take, bold take. They're not out of the realm of possibility. Any one of the things I'm going to mention, I think could happen. They're just not expected to happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, kick us off, man. What is your first, uh, give us your hottest take. Let's start with the hottest one. What do you got here for us? Um, which one is the hottest here? Hold on. Let me look at these. Um, one second, get it back up there. My hottest take. Yeah, I mean, I would say here. my 
I'd say my hottest take is probably my first one that Nick Chubb will finish as a, I originally wrote the overall number one run, running back, but I scaled that back to a top three running back. And this is important in full PPR. Um, and there's reasoning for this for me. So I've been working on an article recently looking at trends in, you know, opportunity share, running back rush share, target share for running backs going back a long ways. And just kind of looking at, you know, what what typically comprises the top 12, top 24 running backs and how that has changed sure. over time. So, I mean, it's not any surprise. The top 12 running backs for quite some time now is loaded with higher target share players. That's just what, what the trend has been. There's yes, just sir. more receiving backs. And, I mean, in a PPR league with a reception being worth more than a rush attempt, that is not rocket science to figure out. So then what you have to look at with somebody like Nick Chubb is, okay, well, what would it take for somebody like him who doesn't have that big target share to crack the top three like Derrick Henry has, like Josh Jacobs did, like Adrian Peterson did, like Ezekiel Elliott did? So I kind of looked at fairly simply, I looked at running backs with less than a 10. I just started at 10% target share. Um, there's not many running backs less than 10% target share that have made the top three anytime recently. Yeah, for mentioned Adrian Peterson did it. Uh, back in 2015, Zeke did it in 2016, Derrick Henry did it in 2020, and then Jonathan Taylor did it in 2021. He had like a 9% target share. So uh, Okay, I, I would have thought it was more, honestly, for JT. Yep, and so then I looked, okay, if they're not getting the targets, then they, they need a certain amount of that rushing market. Okay. You know, they need to be that true bell cow rock carrier to be able to make up the difference. Um, and it's it, it's always surprising to me Chubb seems like he has been taking up more of that market over his career, but Kareem Hunt has, has, has bit into it significantly um, to where he's been, he's been under a 60%. 60% is kind of a good threshold once you get above 60%. When I say running back rush share, what I mean is of all the balls that are handed off to a running back, what percentage of that is going to Chubb? So he's been 50, close to 60%, um, you know, and he's, He's flirted last year. He was he first half of the season. He was up there in the top five. And then it kind of trailed off and he never quite makes it. He's always basically top 10, but he never quite cracks the top three. And the reason Getting I think so, he can. So he got so much usage early in that season and just tailed the off. The reason I think he can this year is one, his running back rush share trend has has been going up the last three years. His target share trend has been creeping up a little bit. But the biggest thing is Kareem Hunt's gone. Um, and there's just not a lot of competition for him. Yeah. I again. In Dynasty, I, I I love the Jerome Fords of the world as a, as a sleeper, but you know he's a fifth round running back, uh, hasn't done really anything in the NFL so far, unless they bring in one of the other veterans that's not around. I mean, Chubb I think is in line for his biggest workload of his career. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt cut into his red zone touches. Kareem Hunt had a higher red zone touch yes, per game yes, than yes. than Chubb. You know, and he, Chubb last year with he had his lowest red zone rate usage rate of his career he still scored 12 rushing touchdowns so i think like we've talked about i think cleveland's going to be even more they're going to be more than 50 percent run heavy i just think the stars are aligning for him to hit that running back rush share you need if you're not going to have the target share to crack that top three so i think okay. it's in the it's in his um uh realm of possibility this year in the range of outcomes for Scott is the RB3 finish for Nick Chubbs. Uh, let, let's talk about that, Scott, because right now he's RB6 
on underdog fantasy. Are you willing to pay that mid second round price tag for Nick Chubb this season? If you think he has RB three potential that I am, he's, he's a running back, you know, he's what's funny about it is he's a running back based on where he's been drafted the last like two or three years, who I haven't really wanted to touch unless he fell. He just, he was at that spot where I'm like, no, I'm going to go for a, I'm going to go for a different position here. But I think that's, I think that's reverse because I don't think, um, I mean, RB6 is kind of high. Like that's, that's, that's pretty high. So, I mean, the, the market has probably caught on to this a little bit that he's in, he's in, he's in store for, you know, potentially a, a massive workload this year. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's a running back. I'd be willing to take there. I would be happy with him as my running back one. Um, I mean, and you don't have to really go too far down the list to talk about just what a good running back he is. Yeah. I mean, and I all think- the, the efficiency stuff, yards per carry, missed tackles forced, explosive runs, uh, expected points added, PFF grade, whatever you want to look at. He's top five, top three, and he has been his whole career. So now, granted, as volume goes up, efficiency goes down. So, you know, certainly, it's not, he's going to maintain yeah. that. But his volume doesn't have to go up that much to hit the thresholds I'm talking about in my nerdy statistical world to to enter the conversation of being able to crack that top three. Well, I think Nick Chubb is a better pass catcher than people want to believe. I think so, too. I think his target share is going to go up this year. Yep. So I'm excited for Nick Chubb. Scott's hyping him up for us. So uh, I like it, Scott. I like that first hot take for you. I'm going to get a little spicy. I'm going to stay in the AFC North. I'm calling out these Baltimore Ravens truthers, the fans. This is bullshit. This is like. Everyone thinks that Todd Monking is going to come in here and wave a magic wand and fix everything. Newsflash. This guy got fired from the Cleveland Browns not that long ago. It was a dumpster fire that season in Cleveland. And sure, what he did at Georgia was impressive, but how many skill players have been drafted and panned out of that Georgia offense in the last two years? I can think of one, George Pickens, who's an absolute dog. He was a dog before uh, Monking got there and he was after and maybe James Cook, depending how that plays out. So I'm just saying pump the brakes here. And, like, I still also think that the jury is very much more out than we are led to believe that Lamar Jackson might not be that great of a passer. I haven't seen it, man. I saw it in 2019, and I think that's when defenses were just getting used to this guy being a great passer. 36 passing touchdowns in that year, won the NFL MVP, deserving of it. However, since then, Scott, he's only had 33 touchdowns passing of the passing variety in 24 games. And the season where he passed the most, 2021, if you remember, Dobbins was hurt, Gus Edwards was hurt, everyone was hurt. They, they were relying on undrafted free agents to carry the ball for, for the most part. Um, that was the worst year for his fantasy points per game, 20.6 fantasy points. And I think that's like what we could be getting right here. And there's just too many mouths to feed at wide receiver between OBJ, uh, Rashad Bateman, and Zay Flowers here, Scott. So I and they're of course they're not any of them are not going to be the number one option. That is Mark Andrews. So I don't think he can produce anyone better than a wide receiver four at this point. I mean, again, this is another one that easily could come to fruition. It's it's one of those where we're sitting right now. I mean. We have no idea who the number one wide receiver pass catcher option is going to be in this offense. We can all speculate as much as we want. Yeah, and you're. Yep. I mean, more so than probably any team in the league, you're going to get three potentially three different answers. Um, 
between Bateman, Flowers, and OBJ. Maybe not as much OBJ. But um, I tend to agree with you in that, um, you know, the new the new coach is not going to wave a magic wand and all of a sudden make them a 75% pass rate team. But I don't think that that's required for one of these guys to be fantasy, you know, and fantasy relevance is probably the wrong term here. I mean, wide receiver fours are, are fantasy relevant, but I think, I think it's enough where one of them could crack the top 36. Um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily bet on it. I, where I do disagree with you is I have seen enough. I do think Lamar Jackson is a good passer. Um, and the fact that those running backs were hurt, true, they would have run the ball more, but they were also hurt. So any team that has all, you know, the majority of its offensive weapons healthy, regardless of their pass run rate, is going to be better for all the players on that team. You know what I mean? Having J.K. Dobbins yeah. in the field again is going to be better, you know, for Lamar Jackson and the rest of the team. Having Rashad Bateman healthy, um, reestablishing that connection with Mark, Mark Andrews. So, it, it's a, it, you know, Baltimore is a tricky one this year because, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not overreacting to the new coach. But there but there are so many people who are, I think. And, and just the overall like vibe and every every draft I'm seeing now, Lamar Jackson's getting pushed up high and higher and higher. And and I'm still just not comfortable paying that price. It's not an absurd p- price to pay for flowers Whoa. and Bateman, but you're wide receiver 44, 45 right now and underdog. So it's more expensive than I want to pay. See, I mean, I still, I have Lamar in the, you know, he's not in that top tier guys, but for me, he's in the next tier. And so however you want to, however you want to sort the next tier of guys is up to you. You know, you've got Lawrence in there, you've got Lamar Jackson, yeah. you've got Sean Watson. Um, I still think, I mean, the, the thing is, is regardless of his passing, I mean, the reason he was the MVP and the reason he still has that is his rushing ability. I mean, we are frothing at the mouth for Anthony Richardson right now. And I feel like we would be, we would be ecstatic if he could do what Lamar Jackson does, you know what I mean? So I think, I think it's, he's getting, he's getting a little bit, you know, I mean, industry-wide market, you know, what, what the market says, he's still going high. So it's not like he's getting, he's getting right. dropped down. Um, but I just, I still see him as an elite QB in fantasy. Um, you know, like we were talking, you know, if I'm at 109 and Scott Fish, if, He's sitting there again. I'm waiting for all the rules to come out. I don't know. Maybe I'll be taking a kicker in the first round at this point. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, super flex, I'm I'd still be ecstatic to get him at 109. So okay. I yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a little bit lower and just I, you know, even I went back through, I pulled the data to see like who was the number one wide receiver for Lamar these last four years. How did they do? You're got Marquise Brown for three straight years, of course, wide receiver 46, 36, 22. Um, then Demarcus Robinson last year and kind of a hodgepodge wide receiver 69, which I, you know, I think that's an outlier season, of course. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's also, it's, it's, it's tricky again, because we're talking about Rashad Bateman who had some flashes, but then dealt yeah. some injuries and a rookie Zay Flowers. So we haven't seen, I mean, OBJ did what he did, but he's old. So we don't, we, it, it's really hard to project for the, the receiver. It is. It we is. haven't seen any of them really break out yet. If, if um, I, if I am betting on one of them that will break the top thirty six and, and crush this hot take, it is Rashad Bateman. Um, me too. I, I just think he's the he could be the most consistent. Um, however, just injury issues. That's I, I guess part of this as well. So Scott, I want to throw it back to you for your next hot take. What do you sure. have here? Uh, where are we heading? Okay, so this one also maybe not super super duper hot. It's just more of a 
decrease in value based on where he's at. But it's I say Damian Pierce will not finish as a top 24 running back in PPR. Um, I believe he's currently he finished. Where did he finish last year? I think he's currently ranked around on fantasy pros around RB 20 in redraft PPR. So, I mean, like I said, this isn't like I'm that's right where it, he is on underdog as well. Yep. It's, I'm not saying an RB three isn't going to make it. But Damian Pierce garnered a lot of attention last last year, and rightly so. And then he unfortunately dealt with some injuries. Um, I was wrong about him last year. I, I you know, I, I think I fell for the limited college volume uh, shtick. Um, but he was good, and he also he also excels in some of the categories I talked about with Chubb. So I want to give him his due in missed tackles forced, in yards after contact, stuff like that. Um, he's also near the top of that list. My issue with Damian Pierce is. Also not a pass catcher. Um, he had the third highest opportunity share in the NFL last year. So opportunity share is just you, the rush attempts, the targets to running backs, add those together. Who got the most? What percentage of those did a player get? Damian Pierce got the third highest. So he was wow. a workhorse. Wow. He, was a, he was a workhorse while he was playing. But in PPR, points per game, remember from the dictionary with a picture of me, hey, um, RB22. So even with that volume, RB22. So that's a red flag for me yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. And whether or not he's a fantasy relevant player, Devin Singletary is a good NFL running back. Um, you know, he he has he's not super exciting, but he's a good NFL running back. He's a much better pass blocker than Damian Pierce. He's a much better pass catcher than Damian Pierce, and he can handle between the tackles. I am not saying Devin Singletary is going to come in and take over as the workhorse and go draft Devin Singletary. I'm saying that Damian Pierce is already relying on that massive volume just to squeak into the top 24, and that volume is going to go down. Devin Singletary is a better complement than anybody that was there last year. Um, you know, I think Singletary is a sneaky late round guy, honestly. Um, he's just he's an underrated running back probably just one of those running backs who's better for his NFL team than he is for fantasy. Um, you know, and he played in Buffalo where running backs aren't allowed to be top 12. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so be, based on that, I'm just, I'm fading Damien. I really have nothing against his talent. I just don't think the volume will be there this year. And without the receptions with the, without the receiving work, he's not going to rookie quarterback. That's the other, I mean, rookie quarterback. You want yeah. The, you want yeah. the guy that can block in there for a rookie quarterback. So yeah. that's, oh. that's my second one. Okay. All right. I have nothing to really add to this, man. I, I, I was in the same camp as you last season. I had no Damien, uh, Damien Pierce exposure because I did not buy into the, the fact that, Hey, maybe Florida just didn't know how to use this guy. And that was the case. But I mean, this season, I, I think you are getting a, an okay deal on him. So I wouldn't mind taking the shot. Um, but like you said, man, Singletary's a very solid, uh, very solid running back as well. And th that receiving and that volume is really what propped up uh, Pierce for a long time. So completely understand this one. Um, all right. I want to start this with a stat. I want to start my next hot take with a little bit of statty stat. I like little, stats. Little question, question. Let, let, let's ask you. Let's ask the chat what they think. Um, just 12 active players have posted 1,000 yards receiving as a rookie. Only one of them was a tight end. Do you want to guess who that tight end was? Uh, Scott, chat, go ahead, weigh in. Uh, I know who it is. Boom, 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 boom. Scott. It's Kyle Pitts, man. It is. It's Kyle Pitts. Everybody needs to stop. They need to stop. 
So with the Kyle Pitts hate, they just need to stop. So exercise I, a smidgen of patience and stop. And I Go completely, ahead. Sorry. I, I, I can, no, I completely agree with you, Scott. Cause like, this is a player who he is a post hype sleeper. He let people down in year one. He let people down even worse in year two, but there are some really great underlining stats for this guy in terms of tight ends last season. Let's start, start with the big ones. Number two in target share, 27.3% target share. I know it's a smaller pie, but he's still taking over a quarter of that pie. Number one in target rate, number one in air yard share, number one in eight or number two in dot. number eight in fantasy points per route run. What happened is he had a suck ass quarterback for half the year, or at least the whole year when he was playing uh, target quality rating while playing with Marcus Mariota, 37th catchable target rate, 37th. Target accuracy rate. Scott, want to take a guess on this number? It's bad. Marcus Mariota is really bad. 38. So, like, and Redder, or Desmond Ritter was actually pretty freaking decent, man, when he came in from week 15 on, and he didn't play with Kyle Pitts. He was just having Drake London out there. And so, like, right now, Kyle Pitts is a slam value. I'm drafting him everywhere. I'll, I'll be straight. I've had no Kyle Pitts shares the last two seasons. So maybe that's why I'm like running the altar to get him this year. But it's the price here, Scott. Tight end five, 66 overall. Midway through the fifth round is where you can get him. That is a slam dunk for me, especially in uh, in some of these tight end premium leagues as well. So I'm running to the altar for him, man. And I think he will be the tight end too. That's my hot take here. What do you think, Scotty? I'm in full agreement, man. Um, I mean, you know, it's 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 just one of those things where he was the victim of us, our hype, his rookie year. People were expecting something that has never happened. Me, yes. People were expecting him to just be Travis Kelsey immediately. There has never been a rookie tight end who has been the overall tight end one. So we'll start there. The As far as points per game, his rookie year, third highest points per game for a rookie since like 2009. Wow. The only people ahead of him were like Jordan Reed's rookie year and I think Evan Ingram. Um, so again, he didn't come in his rookie year and win you your league. So now all of a sudden, he sucks. Last year, he obviously let, let a lot of people down. Uh, he got hurt. It was a shit show. You know, there's always going to be the, the the concern with, yes, 27% target share, but sharing from what? Five pass attempts all year? <laughs> so, I mean, there's always going to be that. Yeah. But. When Ritter took, you know, they were down at, you know, the low 20s in pass attempts per game. When Ritter took over, from the time he took over, they crept up towards 27, 28 pass attempts a game. They're still going to be run heavy. They drafted Bijan in the in the set, in the first round. Not, I'm not arguing with that. I am not saying that that Kyle Pitts is going to be Travis Kelsey this year. But as the tight end five, as as the the front of that group, where who the Frick knows what's going to happen between that and tight end 14. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, t I'm taking the risk on what I've seen, what he did. Um, Cause I, I just think people, it, 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 the fantasy points haven't been there. So it's really hard to look at the peripheral, to look at the advanced analytics um, and, and, and base your opinion on that. But I mean, that's where I live. So like, I'm still, I'm still all aboard the pits train tight ends typically, you know, uh, they just they take longer to develop or at least they take longer to carve out their 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 pie with the, with their team um and yeah i just think i think it was just we did it to ourselves again 
we, we did it to ourselves again with this generational, oh my God, this guy. And then when he didn't live, live up to the expectations that were impossible for him to meet, um, here we are. He's a, he's, a, he's a value now. And now is the time when us savvy fantasy managers who, yes, I, I love the hype coming into his rookie season, but I just didn't pay the price for him. Same with last season. <laughs> I, know, I, I know you did as well last season, but now's the time we strike, Scott. Now's the time you strike back. Now's the time I strike for the first time, and we get this value on the tight end too. Problem is, at least in some of my dynasty leagues, people people know what I'm trying to do. Like, no, 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 no. I've seen it. I've seen uh, it. All right, double, Scott. Di- double digits points per game in his rookie year. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait this out. <laughs> all right, Scott. Bring us home here. You got one more hot take. Uh, this might be your hottest one, honestly. This I could think. be the hottest one. It, it, yeah. it happened. It happened last season, I believe, if I'm not wrong. Barely. Barely. Um, but let's hear it, man. Let's. You're drinking the Kool Aid. You're drinking All the right. Kool Aid. So hear this this is a receiver I was hyping, hyping, hyping as a rookie, and then it did not work out. Well, it did his rookie year, but his second year it didn't work out. But last year it started to work out again. I think Brandon Ayuk will outscore Debo Samuel in PPR points per game. I think he will outscore Debo Samuel. That is my. That you're you're probably right. That is my hottest take. And so. You know, it's not just because I like Ayuk and I have for a while, and he made that super acrobatic touchdown catch his rookie year. It's more than that. Um, it's it, it has a lot to do with Christian McCaffrey. Um, it has a lot to do with the splits, basically, with Debo Samuel before and after Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, because the 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 issue I have with Samuel is he has that one. He has the one year, 2021, right? Yeah where he went bonkers and he was top yes. five wide receiver yes, sir. and it was amazing. He was, he was a steal of the draft, just like digs the year before yeah. Cooper cup. He was that guy. So then that brought his value up to that point, And that's where it kind of stayed. Um, part of the problem with that year was 25% of his fantasy points that year came from rushing. <sighs> that's such a huge number too. It's that's- a massive number for a wide receiver. And I mean, at the time I was thinking this probably isn't sustainable and we've seen that it's not, Um, you know, he's, if you just look at the receiving, I mean, he's still, okay. So CMC joins San Francisco, I think it was week seven. Mm -hmm. Debo still got some rush attempts. He still had some games of three, four, five rush attempts. So it's, it's not just that that goes completely away. Um, But just that, that home run ability he has from that spot, just it, it gets cut into by CMC in two ways. One is rush attempts. CMCs, they're going to want to give the ball to CMC more. It's it's logically Debo's going to get less rush attempts. Two, um, Debo's average depth of target the last two years was eight and a half in 2021, four and a half last year. So he's right there, line of scrimmage type stuff. That's also where CMC is going to be working. So I just think he cuts into too much of Debo's... um, you know, and I, it's not like I think Debo is going to disappear off the face of the earth. I could easily be wrong about this. I just, you know, seven and a, over the last two years, he's averaged seven and a half targets a game, which is good, not amazing, you know? So, I mean, if you cut out a lot of that rushing work, which that 2021 was not really a sustainable amount anyway, he, he had eight rushing eight touchdowns. Eight rushing touchdowns. I was just about to say that. Eight rushing like, touchdowns, man. Whereas Ayuk, so once CMC joined, and that's just the split I'm using for this conversation, once CMC joined week seven on, Ayuk was the wide receiver 21. Debo was the wide receiver 24. 
there's more to, to it than that. You can't just stop there. But that to me is important. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different factors going on in San Francisco. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be yet. Um, but as far as a hot take discussion, like right now, I think Debo's the wide receiver 20 ish. And I mean, on underdog, Ayuk was like 34 on fantasy pros. Yep. Whether or not Ayuk outscores Debo, 30 wide receiver 34 is a screaming deal for Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's tough to say, but we already saw the rushing volume come down from 3.7 attempts per game in 2021 down to 3.2. And that was only with half a season of Christian McCaffrey. I would be surprised if that number is above three attempts per game for for Debo here. Um, I imagine it's probably going to be in that high too, Scott. So I think you're on to something here. Um, I would rather take the value, I think, at Ayuk at this moment. Um, so, yeah, I'm all right with it, man. I'm all right with a little uh, getting hot out in the bay there. And let's just finish this off with a stallion of a young man, someone who I think is going to come in. No one's talking about him. No one wants to say, hey, I think this rookie quarterback can be good. It's all – Hey, Anthony Richardson, going to be a dog. We know that, Scott. We, we love Anthony Richardson. Hey, Bryce Young, number one pick. Oh, Will Levis, he's got a chip on his shoulder. But everyone, even your grandmother, Scott, is forgetting about Mr. C.J. Stroud and how he could finish as a top 15 quarterback. And that's my hot take. He will finish as a top 15 fantasy QB here in 2023. And the biggest thing for rookie quarterbacks coming into the, their rookie season, how quickly can they make that transition from college to the NFL? Well, people knock C.J. Stroud because he's played with NFL wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best we've ever seen coming out. Of course, he's played with Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Chris Olave. But I think that could help to him because he knows what good wide receivers are like, and he, he can throw to NFL-caliber players. And he was a beast against Georgia. That Georgia game showed me so much for C.J. Stroud here um, in the college football playoffs here in 2022. 348 passing yards, four touchdowns. And we could argue, Scott, maybe it's not the same, but you could argue that Georgia's defense is close to as good as the worst defense in the NFL. I would say maybe not as good, but close to as good. Um and honestly, man, I think that this offensive coordinator hiring in tech, Texas, uh, in, in the Texans organization as well, Ben Slowick, he's coming over from the 49ers passing game coordinator position. This is a guy, he had his hand in the pot when Brock Purdy had his breakout last season. Now he gets an actual five-star guy here in CJ Stroud. And this isn't the terrible receiving room everyone's making it out to be. Dalton Schultz averaged almost six TDs the last three seasons from Dak Prescott. Nico Collins, Tank Dell, John Mechie is going to be back from the leukemia as well. And veteran Robert Woods is going to be able to show these guys, plus Xavier Hutchinson, the ropes a little bit. Davis Mills was QB 21 last season. I think CJ Stroud is light years, light years ahead of Davis Mills in terms of talent. And I think the organization is much more stable now. They have a long-term solution at head coach in D'Amico Ryans. I think those two nuggets alone, it could make him a top 15 option. And Scott, he is going like QB 27 in underdog right now. Like it is a screaming deal, especially in those super flex leagues. So I'm in on CJ Stroud, my friend. I, I can't disagree, man. Um, CJ Stroud until Anthony Richardson kind of stole the show 
Um, he would, I, I had him higher than Bryce Young. Same in my, in my own personal evaluation. Um, and again, Anthony Richardson's over here as this crazy freak athlete that who the hell knows what's going to happen, but it's going to be exciting. But between those two, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, I still prefer CJ Stroud. I prefer CJ Stroud this season and I prefer CJ Stroud for the career. Um, not that I think Bryce Young's a bad quarterback, obviously, he was the number one overall pick. I just like CJ Stroud better. I think he fits the NFL better. I think he's more NFL ready right now. I don't care about the Ohio State quarterback thing that everybody talks about. Justin Fields is going to put put an end to that this season too. Um, so I agree with everything you said, except that I, I mean there is some talent in that receiver in that receiver room, but it's still one of the least proven, least experienced. Other than you know, I mean Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz. So you do have that veteran presence, but. We really have no idea what we're going to see from John Mechie. Um, oh, certainly, certainly. You it, know, I mean, so I, I would. It's deep to, at to, least to call to call to call a potential all you know approaching that QB one range. I would prefer, a, you know, a little bit more proven weapons in the passing mm-hmm. game. Um, but I think he's a really talented quarterback, and you know, I've listened to some people that I trust. Um, some the guys over at Establish the Run, Establish the Edge. Uh, did, did some shows on the, you know, they Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. Um, and they made some very good points about both CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young um, favoring CJ Stroud. So, you know, that's what we got to do in this industry. You know, there's people out there that are much smarter than me when it comes to quarterbacks. It's probably the thing I study the least. Um, so I like this. I mean, you know, I don't know if he has that like take over the league league winner type type upside um you know so he's he's a little bit of a tricky one in redraft for me if it's one qb certainly certainly probably going to stay on the waiver wire i will say and i keep bringing up the startup i did recently but he fell to the in a startup super flex he fell to the fourth round yeah to the point where i had to just i had to trade up i was like this has gone far enough i traded up like three spots from where i was because i was like this has gone far enough he should not be there i'm taking him now um so, I mean, I mean, it, it's with both these guys, it's, it's, it's interesting because they're both going to teams where, you know, teams that are, have been down here and are trying to move back up. Obviously that's why they were in the position. Raise it, baby. The yes, one sir. and two quarter, one, two. Um, so that's going to be bumpy, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility uh, that he finishes in the top 15. All right, man. Well, we have delivered our hot takes for you guys tonight. If you missed any of the six of them, Go back, check them out on the replay here. Um, and Scott, let's go ahead and round it out, man, uh, with a little bit of summertime vibes with some weekly advice. Weekly. weekly. All right. And the reason I kind of want to talk a little early summer advice is this is the time of year, man, like, We are buzzing to get outside. We are buzzing to just like sign up our calendars for each and every weekend, make sure they're booked from here until football season. And I'm just not that I want to prevent anyone from doing that, but I think there are some steps to take and some things we can consider um, while doing it to protect ourselves, protect other people, protect the world. Um, So let's just kind of talk about that, Scott. What's some early summer advice you have for the listeners? Could be some common sense stuff or could be some things we don't really talk about much. First one is a common sense one. It's a very dad answer. 
Um, but it's, it's also one that I'm kind of talking to myself when I say it. And it's three words, sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen. Um, sounds kind of like I said, like, thanks, dad. Um, but it's one of those things where I've known a few people who have had to deal with skin cancer later in their life. Um, and it's, it's just something I don't think about that much. I, growing up, I have kind of like a, I don't burn very easily um, based on my heritage or skin complexion or whatever. I just, I don't sunburn very easily. It takes quite a bit of sun for me to burn. So growing up, I was just like, I don't fucking need sunscreen. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. it was yeah. only about getting a sunburn on that day. That was all I was interested in. Um, nowadays, it's a little different. I forgot to put it on the other day. We were swimming in a pool. I was like swimming with my daughter. So I was just standing with my head above the water, moving her around for like an hour and a half. So that sun came down, hit the water and my Woo! face was red. So, I mean, you know, it, it, again, I'm saying this because I'm kind of more talking to myself on it. It's something I take for granted and I forget. And I think isn't a big deal because it's that same mentality I've had my whole life where it's like, well, nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. So fuck sunscreen. So anyway, <laughs> it's important. It's important to protect yourself from the sun. It is. Yeah. And, and reapply that shit too, guys. Cause last year I went down to the beach and I am a pasty white kid. I will admit to that. I'll own up to that. <laughs> um, but I went down to the, the beach and like I, my feet were so swollen for, for days because I just didn't reapply it to my feet and they were out in the sun, like to the point where I couldn't even sleep the one night. I just had to go like, sit down by the pool and like all night pretty much and like have them in that cool so yeah where's some effing sunscreen where i used to where i used to get hurt was um where i went to college is about a four and a half hour drive from where yeah. i live now so i did the trek back and forth and my wife's family's from there coincidentally so we make we still make the drive that's where we're going for this wedding in a couple weeks but if you're driving like four hour drive and the sun's over here and you're sitting here driving like Put some sunscreen on oh, here because yeah, I would get yeah. home and just this arm would be super tan and red and the rest of my body looked different because it was just sitting there in the sun the whole time. So anyway. Got to get those tinted windows, Scott. Got to get those tinted windows as well. Yeah. Um, kind of leads right into my first piece of advice here. It's just take care of yourself. Um, the one thing that I've, I've been struggling with these past few weeks, I finally feel like a human again today allergies man i have terrible seasonal allergies from about mid-may to late june Me and too. so memorial day what do i do i you know I, I go to memorial day party i'm all ready to get boozed up have a good fucking time and i can't barely enjoy myself because i'm sneezing I'm, i got the red eyes all day same with this past week i went to visit a buddy out in morgantown had a blast drinking beers all day you know good vibes scott but I, I was like under attack all day. So like make sure you're taking care of yourself, allergies and drink water. Like this is the time, especially if you're going to be drinking alcohol this summer, drink some effing water. And, and again, Scott, you said it earlier. I'm talking to myself here because I was boozing with some friends last Wednesday playing disc golf, you know, having a couple. And by the end of it, man, I was like a little bit sick and I was like, I haven't even drank that many beers today, but I just had not drank enough water. So please drink some water, uh, especially if you're going to be drinking alcohol or if you're not, make sure you have it wherever you guys go. Um, Scott, back to you here with your final piece of summertime advice. This one's a little bit more simple in general. Um, enjoy yourself. Relax. Um, we, we all can take not just fantasy football, but just life in general, stuff that's happened in our lives. I, I'm guilty of it, taking stuff way too seriously. 
I mean, there's stuff you got to take serious. Obviously, not life's not life's not one big fun game, but um, just set aside some time, do something to enjoy yourself. And what I put here is maybe you know if you've got a to do list, a lot of you know if if you have kids in school or you're in school or whatever, then summertime is this time where you have free time. Oh, I'm going to get all this stuff done, which is great. Get all the stuff done, but. Maybe just take that list you have that has all the things that, you know, over time you start to stress because there's so many of them. Maybe just just erase a couple of them, you know. Um, you know, it's not I mean, I can't speak for anybody else's situation, but like I, I don't think erasing a couple of your to do list things over the summer is really going to move the needle too much. Um, just little things like that. Find ways to enjoy yourself. And, you know, I think people you know, especially people that work a ton, there's this weird American feeling of like guilt for having free time or enjoying yourself or like not working overtime and all this crap. F that stuff. Enjoy yourself and, you know, take in the moment, be in the moment. Um, it's And again, I'm talking to myself here with a lot of this stuff because I have to work at that. I have to work at exactly what I'm talking about basically every day. Um, because, you know, I've spent a lot of time stressed out in my life and I'm realizing that quite a bit of that was self-inflicted. So I think you're muted, Seth. Thank you so much for that advice, Scott. I definitely need to hear that every once in a while. So I appreciate that. Um, last thing I'm going to say, and I think it's kind of relevant to what's going on right now uh, around the Canadian uh, Canadian world is take care of the earth as much as you can this summer as well. Um, one thing my granddad does everywhere he goes is he takes a trash bag, whether he's on his four wheeler in his car or just going out for a walk or a run, he takes a trash bag with him. He sees some trash, he'll pick it up and, and just throw it away. And I think that's something we can all do a better job at myself included. Um, so take a trash bag with you or just, you know, pick up a piece of garbage wherever you are and, uh, don't litter. Don't be that fucking scumbag. Like if you're going to go to an event, if you're going to go tailgating or do anything fun like that, the summer camping, uh, clean up after yourselves, leave it in a better place than how you found it. That's the one rule I always learned as a kid. And I continue to, to practice that. And Scott, I know you're huge on that as well. So, uh, just take care of this earth, man. Take care of nature. We only have so much of it. So let's, uh, treat it nicely while we can, please. Yeah, no, no disagreement from me. I, 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 it's beyond me. People that just throw trash on the ground. I just, it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. you're just more important than everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you there, man. I, I, I get very upset with it, especially with my generation, and uh, sometimes we don't treat things as well. But needless to say guys it's been a great episode thank you so much to everyone who tuned in uh scott i appreciate your insight appreciate everyone in the chat as well uh we will be back here next tuesday 9 30 p.m eastern time you know where to find us same place same uh, decently mediocre channel uh but we'll be back then until then guys enjoy the weekend and keep it in between <laughs>